In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning, as you know, we are celebrating the feast of St. John Chrysostom. And St. John's icon is there, the first of the hierarchs next to the Archangel Michael, uh, there in the apse. So he's here in the nave of the church, but his name is mentioned 90% of the time when we celebrate a divine liturgy, and the percentage might even be higher than that, because the only time we don't mention his name is when we celebrate the liturgy of St. Basil the Great, which only occurs uh, during Great Lent and on the Feast of St. Basil and a couple of other places periodically throughout the year. So we, we, he, we know the name of St. John Chrysostom, and so it's, it's fitting for us, since we celebrate his liturgy so often, to celebrate liturgy on his feast day, because he's one of the most, perhaps one of the most important figures in, in church history. He was a, a fourth century father, and if you remember about the fourth century, he was really part of that first generation of people who were born uh, and grew up in the empire when it was actually a legal, when Christianity was actually a legal religion. And so St. John was taught from a very young age about the faith. He was taught also about philosophy, and, and he was a very, very, very intelligent. And we know him as that. We know him as that, that prolific preacher and unbelievable pastor. Um, in, if you go downstairs in the library and you go to the, the big set of fathers that's on the back wall, uh, there's like four volumes solely devoted to St. John Chrysostom because uh, he preached through basically almost the entire scripture. And so some of the best scriptural commentary that exists is from St. John Chrysostom. He also wrote a great treatise on the priesthood, which is required reading for all seminarians or, or future seminarians even. Uh, and he wrote it at a time when he was actually trying to not be a priest. But of course, he ends up being a priest and he ends up actually being the, the uh, patriarch of Constantinople. Uh, and so he, he was a, a very great pastor. And his, his commentary and his uh, uh, teaching were very pastoral. And so you can pick them up today. You can read what he said in the 4th century. And you can say, wow, this applies today in the 21st century with what we are dealing with uh, in our time. You likely already knew all of that stuff. Well, there are a couple of things that we might not know about St. John Chrysostom that I think are perhaps some of the most important things for us to remember about him and his life. We know him as the great speaker, and that's how the church remembers him by even calling him Chrysostom, because that word literally means the golden mouth. He was the great preacher. But before he got there, before he was the great preacher, after he, joined the, uh, he entered into the monastic life, he actually spent two years in complete silence in a cave. Two years in complete silence in a cave. He had to, first of all, know God. Not just know about God. He knew a whole bunch about God because he had studied everything. Very intelligent. But he had to actually know God. And of course the psalm says, be still be still and know that I am God. Be silent and know that I am God. And so St. John took that to an extreme and spent two years silent in a cave, 
prior to his being ordained a priest, prior to his, of course, then serving as, as a bishop and a hierarch in the church. And so it's a great reminder for us when we think about the way that we get our, our great abilities is to study and practice and all of those things. And yes, we should study and practice, but it's also about silence. Maggie is not doing a good job with showing us what's up. She's being the example of the opposite. But we've got to have silence. We have to practice silence. I didn't mean to chase her away, obviously. But we need to have silence like St. John. And St. John lived that. The other thing that I want to point out about his life is the very end of his life. So he was the patriarch of Constantinople, and a fiery preacher gets into trouble sometimes. And when you're in Constantinople, if you get in trouble as the fiery preacher, you get in trouble with the emperor, (laughs) the empress. So... Uh, St. John, it was very well known that he was not a big fan of the Empress, and he preached a sermon about vanity. And someone went and told the Empress, well, you know, he was talking about you. And she became very upset about that, and he was actually exiled from the city. The people were in a great turmoil about that because they, they loved him. They loved, the, they loved St. John. But he was exiled, and he actually spent the last four years of his life traveling hundreds of miles away from the city of Constantinople because he was being sent out in exile. And although he did it, traveled for something like four years, he didn't even make it to the place where he was supposed to be in exile. He was just traveling along the way, and his health wasn't very good. Well, along the way, he... uh, We have, thankfully, some of the letters that he wrote, and there is a great little book, and it is available down in the library, um, the letters to St. Olympia. Now, St. Olympia, we actually celebrate her feast day, I believe, in July, and she was a deaconess in the church, very close friend of St. John Chrysostom. She was a, uh, a widow who had founded a monastery on her property and um, was a spiritual child of St. John. Well, as John is going out and over the course of that, all of that time, there are, are 17 letters that we know about that have recently been translated. And they are beautiful. And they talk about the uh, importance of, of perseverance and the importance of patience and the importance of, of repentance and ensuring that we are fighting against sin, which is the one thing that really keeps separates us from God. And so I could read literally a hundred things that are in here, but I'm only going to read one just to give you a little bit of a taste of of what he talks about here and how he encourages uh, Olympia and all of us then to fight against despondency. So St. John says this, and remember he's, he's on, this is taken from a letter, or let me see, he's six months into his exile, so he's six months out there. He says, do you see the wisdom of God? Do you see his paradoxical way of operating? Do you see his love for mankind? Therefore, do not be dismayed, do not be shaken, but instead continually give thanks to him for all things, glorifying him, calling upon him, beseeching him, and pleading with him. And even if a myriad of fears, a myriad of tumults, assail you, and conflagrations, and whatever else are laid before your eyes, let none of them trouble you. 
For the master is not outmatched by the difficulty of these things, even if everything is brought to the verge of destruction. For he is able to raise up those who have fallen, and to set aright those who have gone astray, and to correct those who have been ensnared, and to set free and make righteous those who have been filled with a multitude of sins, and to give life to those who are dead, and to render more brilliant those things which have been raised to the ground, and to make new those things which have grown old. What an encouraging tidbit that is. Even when things are are headed to their destruction, he says to give thanks to God. And in fact, he lives that. Because the last words that St. John Chrysostom says before he dies is, Glory to God for all things. Glory to God for all things. Now, brothers and sisters, we get there by starting with silence, by starting with knowing God, by starting with really attempting and working to be in his presence so that we can know him, so that we can have faith and trust in him. And then we walk through our life facing the suffering, facing the difficulties, facing whatever it is that before us with thanksgiving, so that at the end of our life we can say, glory to God for all things. What a powerful example for us. So even with the liturgy, even with all of the writings on the scripture and the great words that he preached, may we think about St. John Chrysostom and practice silence. May we think of St. John Chrysostom and remember glory to God for all things. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.